Hello and welcome to Side Dish. This is a bonus episode of Side Dish. We are going to be asking uh, Executive Director of Hope, Joseph Zanovich, some questions. Um, he was gracious enough to come up on a uh, or be a, a guest on our recent podcast about homelessness. And we just wanted to get him back because we had three specific questions we wanted to ask him that we didn't have time to ask him during that podcast. And um, so, Joseph, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be back. Um, we'll dive right in. So we think that a lot of people, at least a lot of people that I talk to actually have some of these questions on the, the front of their minds. So the first one I want to ask you is what should we as the community do with people at intersections who are asking for money? Um, I have lots of people saying that, you know, they'd like to help out, but they're just not sure whether it's, you know, the, the people in the intersections are, are being truthful if maybe they are still in need or, you know, so I guess I'm just looking for some guidance or we're still looking, we're looking for some guidance for our listeners and such. Yeah, absolutely. It's a common question uh, that I hear as well. You know, we, we all want to, you know, feel like we're making a change in the world and that we have a a greater role to play than outside of our own little bubbles, right? And so, you know, one of the ways we can do that is is interact with another human being, even for a few moments of our lives and their lives, and and be of some help, right? And it, and how, what does that help look like, right? That's a big question of what does you know really helping someone look like? There's a lot of thoughts on this, a lot of debates, TED talks. I mean, there's there's so many different avenues of like, well, you really help someone by getting them off the street. Um, or you really help someone by, you know, making them work. Or there's this, there's these different avenues of thought. But you know, when we're talking about the basic uh, avenue of just interaction, right? Human interaction, one on one. There's someone on the corner. I'm leaving the intersection. I have some change in my pocket. I've got a few bucks. I feel for this person. I don't know them. What do I do? You know, and I never want to dissuade someone from giving money to a person, never, because, you know, for me, it's not up to me to decide what that person's going to do with that money, first and foremost. Um, if I felt good, felt the need to give, then give. Um, I think then what happens next is really up to us in our, in our, um, our human beingness, right? If, if we want to really get to know that person, yeah, may, maybe just park next to them and just say hello um, and get to know them and, and build a relationship. I, I want to be clear that, you know, this idea of giving money and if it's bad or not, you know, yeah, sure. Some people may use it to, to buy drugs. Some people may use it to buy alcohol. Um, at the end of the day, they're coping from a really hard existence. And I always say, you know, imagine you, imagine, you know, whenever I hear this question, I'm like, imagine me holding a sign asking for help and how hard that would be, right? And I have to put myself in that position of being like, that is one of the most humiliating things someone can do is always stand on a street corner and being like, I have nothing and, you, and maybe I can get a few bucks to you know, buy some food. Or, um, so for the most part, you know, most people are there in the corner. Yeah, this, this helps sustain them. Um, and they're there for a variety of reasons. And I always say it's not up to me to judge why they're there um, or what they're going to be doing with the money I give them. But I always look at from, for me, I'm in a position where I can look at it from a bigger picture. Well, what can I then do to help them? You know, and so 
I always say, yeah, you can give to organizations like Hope because yeah, we can, we know the people on the corner holding this sign and we can help them. Some we can, some we Oh, I think we lost him. Person. Here he is. But, Joseph, could you repeat what you were just saying? Because we just lost you for a second. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know what? Hang on. Is, oh. is this video going to be part of it? Because I can move. No, to no, no. Place. No, not at all. No. Here, let me move to a better place. Does not matter of the background then? <laughs> all right. I may have to do the edit on this. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> edit? Uh, what are you talking about? We don't edit anything around here. So anyway, so everybody who is uh, listening, he, uh, Joseph is, is quickly running to another place in the building. So he can... We can hear yeah, presumably where right. the Wi-Fi is is thick and, and meaty. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Well, so you were right. you were talking about you know helping and um, you know kind of doing it and the probably the uh, degradation and embarrassment of people holding a sign and that sort of thing and how difficult that is. Yeah, I mean, look. So we you know we talk about you know what is this person going to do and you're right. It, it, we, we look at the human aspect of what does it take to just hold a sign on the corner? Um, I couldn't do it. Um, it. It's a really hard thing to just put oneself in one's shoes and being like, I'm here on this corner. I need help. You know, and so, yeah, if you have the ability to help, help, right? And when we talk about what can really make a big difference in someone's life, you know, it, it takes a system. It takes, you know, it takes a village, right? I think really that's the most important term. It takes a village, you know, everything from, from uh, neighborhood, community, government, nonprofits, right? We all, we all need to come together in some way, context, if we can, uh, to help those in need. And so, yeah, really this question, um, there's more, it really leads to more questions than just mm -hmm. giving me a direct answer of yes, step, follow step A, B, and C. Uh, and I can only, you know, stay from my own personal life that the best connections I've made from those on the corner when I've stopped and just said hello and just said, hey, you know, what do you need? What's going on? Um, hey, do you know about hope? Oh, you know, you, you tried hope. Maybe that didn't work out for you. What's, what's going on? And, you know, from there, I, I would develop a dialogue and just get to know them and, you know, you know, maybe all they needed was some shoes. Maybe they're just passing through town. Um, everyone's story is different. And, you know, that's really where this, this boils down to is, you know, think about our own lives and our own journeys. None of us uh, that are listening to this or on this call, we, we all have different journeys to how we even got to this moment right here, <laughs> listening, talking. So everyone's, everyone's journey is different. And so that, that moment on the corner, you can make their day, you know, make a smile. Sometimes I don't have money or I don't have anything, but if I know them, I'll wave. Even if I don't mm -hmm. know them, I just, I wave. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really important that we honor that these are human beings out there and um, just, you know, I honor their existence. One of the, one of the most, I guess, one of the, one of the sad things I hear all the time from folks out there that are really struggling. They're like, yeah, I feel invisible. Yeah. And yeah. that's hard to hear. Right. Um, they don't have any place to call home, but that corner may be where they are trying to make a few bucks just to get a bite to eat. And so if we honor their existence, even by waving and say, Hey, I hope you have a great day today. Um, that's, that's fantastic, right? We're honoring someone that gets passed by every minute, every second. And I get it. It's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable to see someone in that position. You know, we talked about in the previous podcast a little bit about this uncomfortable nature of human suffering right in front of us. 
And what do we do with that, right? For most, and myself included, it's easier to turn a blind eye. I got a place to be. I got to go pick up this. I got to run this errand. I got to go get food. I got to pick up my daughter, whatever it's. I'm on that one track mind. Um, so it's easy for me to get into that. But if I take a moment and be like, oh, hey, you know, there's someone there. I'm going to wave hi. That's okay too, right? Okay. Um, yeah. We can start in little different places for each one of us. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that, Joseph. This is a very thoughtful response because I think, like you said, it's not a you know, choice A, choice B, choice C kind of response. I mean, it's, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. And I appreciate you giving that very lengthy um, reply. So the second question I have um, that a, a lot of people ask is, you know, with providing services and such, you know, if, if you build it, they'll come. And they'll sounds really disparaging, but this is this is the exact phrasing I hear from people. This is that, you know, if you build services, you're gonna have more people coming here for services. So, you know, can you can enlighten our listeners about about the response to that question or how we should think of that? Yeah, look, I mean I think with every statement in homelessness, there's some validity to, you know, build it, you they will come. There's also different ways of looking at it, like in our first conversation. So, you know, I answer, I start this question out by stating, well, what do we do with the folks that are already homeless here? If we know we don't have enough resources to take care of the ones that we already have in our own hometown and in our own neighborhood, then really that conversation should start there because you know, we struggle to meet demand based on what we have now. And if we build something that can take care of more people, well, in a sense, we're taking care of our own community. Let's start there, right? If we can't even take care of our own, let's, let's start with that. Because um, goodness knows there's, there's a big enough hole to fill just with our own Longmont community, Boulder County community, the resources, the limited resources that we have just, just in our county. You know, and so, uh, yes, it, if, if someone has the resources and they hear of a better place to stay or a better uh, area or maybe more resources, yes. Um, sometimes people will go. And can I blame them? Heck no. Um, would I rather stay in a Denver shelter or would I rather stay in a Longmont shelter? I'd probably want to stay in a Longmont shelter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's the reality, right? You know, dealing with hundreds of people or, you know, maybe 50. And, you know, so I really challenge this thought that, you know, we're going to receive this influx. Say, say, you know, Hope is lucky enough to build a, a shelter with some housing and, you know, a hub system and a you know, great complex that really helps a lot of people. You know, people don't want to stay homeless, right? They want to get out of it. And so I look at this mentality of, okay, if I'm providing services, I want to take care of the people here, my, the, the locals, the ones that have been a part of this community first they they deserve it right this these are our you know our neighbors our friends um they deserve to be they deserve to be helped first um longmont you know pre-covid was considered one of the nation's uh boom towns i think it was right mm -hmm. it was uh, exactly it was a, yeah right yeah people were coming here no matter what uh and we had people that were just they were like you know i'm not finding anything here in kansas well you know what i hear longmont's a boom town and they've got lots of jobs that look on the job listings i'm going to try to make it there and they didn't have any place to live. You know, this is like the modern day gold rush. You go to where the jobs are. You know, mm -hmm. I think with COVID, it's going to be even more apparent that if, a, if, if an area has jobs, people will go. And so then the question becomes, well, you know, can an area handle the influx of new people 
Um, you know, some may have resources to buy a home and, a, and they may get an apartment, but some are not. And they are going to be homeless, right? And this is where Safe Lot fills a gap of people living in their cars that can at least have a temporary place to, to stay. You know, but, you know, when we talk about a large infrastructure build out like millions of dollars, I don't know if that's the right question to ask. I mean, really, I, I bring this back to we, we've got a community to take care of. And if we get people that are coming from outside that are trying to make a better life for themselves here, well, those are the kind of people we probably want in our community anyway. Mm-hmm. right? They're going to give back. They're going to be a part of our society, you know, taxpaying citizens. And those are the people we want. Um, most people who have experienced homeless for a long period of time, uh, there's mental issues, there maybe there's some mental issues, emotional um, addiction, you know, whatever it is, it's causing a block for them to move forward. And they're going to need special treatment and special care no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's two ways of looking at this um, that we can, but I really am a big believer of taking care of our community. And whether you've been in this community um, for a few weeks, years, um, if you want to be a part of this community, um, you should be, right? I moved here from Los Angeles. I mean, a lot of people have moved here from other places. Um, and Longmont is a welcoming community. And I think that's why people want to be here, right? And so yeah. when we say we build it, they will come. It's, it's, it's partly our fault for being a really kind and caring community. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a really good thing. You know, I had a friend of mine who actually worked in homelessness in Oregon, and he said, you know, his reply to that too, or at least to his constituents in Oregon was, you know, if you build an exceptional school district, you're going to have people who actually will want to be in that school district because it provides the best opportunity for the ki- their kids. So why would it be any different for, you know, jobs and opportunity for homeless people? I thought that was a really interesting way to say it. And I don't know if you concur, but I just thought that was an interesting story that he, he used to use. And so you're kind of, you're, you're kind of, providing some background too that kind of backs that up a little bit that you know there is a boomtown mentality and people who want to get you know work and employment and do have a better life you know it makes sense to come to Longmont much so more so than to stay at a shelter like you said in Denver or get into a a larger city perhaps. Yeah I mean the, the entire mentality of this country was founded on this idea that you know people can make a life for themselves and most of these great stories we hear of people, you know, uprooting and moving to some place and they don't know anyone and making a name for themselves and all. I mean, there, there's thousands of stories of people that, that have made it. And, you know, why would we dissuade that just because someone doesn't have a home, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, this mentality of like, no, you got to stay in, you know, wherever town you are because that's where you're from and you're going to make it. Well, you know, look, if I have an ability to work and I know there's a job that I can possibly qualify for and I can work my butt off and make it and I, and I can, I found that opportunity in Longmont. Well, you know, what's to stop someone from doing that? And I think that we become a greater society and a greater neighbor to one another in a community when we, when we honor that to, to give people the chance, right? Um, we've all been given chances in our life. Most of us have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, especially someone that doesn't have a home and has lost everything, they deserve to have a great place to stay. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because no one ever wants to end up homeless. Yeah. But if, if we have the right resources, then why not? You know, and, and look, I, I, there's the big debate of, well, there's a limited amount of resources and well, we can only do so much and you're right. You're right. We don't have a limited amount of money. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, what do you do? And I think that, you know, yeah, we try to focus on those that are here, help those that are here and, and move their way up and out. 
or to wherever they, whatever, you know, their goal is in life, get them to that, whether mm-hmm. it's stable mm-hmm. housing, the job that they, they want, whatever it is. Um, so yes, I mean, I'm in agreement. Uh, I, I kind of told line this, I agree with those, you know, let's take care of our neighbors. Absolutely. Let's take care of those here, build it. They will come. Great. If we're attracting people that want to work, that want to make a better life for themselves. Absolutely. I love that school district analogy. It's a really, it was, it really was poignant for me because it really was like, oh, no, duh. I mean, it was kind of a light bulb went off in my head. So it was really interesting. Um, The third question we have for you, and this is probably, you brought this up when I talked to you about doing this kind of quick little uh, side dish episode was the RV issue. And I know a lot of our residents are kind of concerned about RVs and, and you can illuminate our listenership about, you know, the RV issue if they're not familiar with kind of what we're talking about. But, you know, I'm guessing where you were going with that is, is that there are people who are obviously using RVs to live in. And so, you know, there probably is a sense that some, for some people that they might be a nuisance or they have concerns. And so if you could just address that and, you know, what should we do as a community do? Yeah, so for most people, you know, that are near industrial areas of Longmont, there are numbers of RVs parked on the streets that, uh, at any given moment. I can walk out and see about 20 um, near our Hope office. Um, and so what's what's happened is that there have been neighbor complaints, uh, business complaints, and, and understandably so. Some RVs leave waste, uh, but these are people's homes. Um, these aren't travel throughs, you know, going into Estes Park or, you know, going up to Wyoming. The, people live, live in these RVs. These are their full-time homes. Um, and they're in these RVs for a, a number of reasons. We've, we've been able to talk to a number of folks in RVs. And for some, this um, is all they can afford. This is an opportunity for them to at least have a place outside of living on the sidewalk or in a tent. Uh, so they've been able to save enough money. They put money into them. They take pride in these RVs. This is their home. But they cannot afford the monthly rent. Uh, I think Johnstown, um, there's a few outlying RV areas um, that allow RVs, and and they charge a monthly rent anywhere from I think six seven hundred dollars on up. Wow. Um, yeah. So you know, but you know, if we look at monthly rent, seven hundred dollars a month is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're in the they're in these RVs for a reason. Maybe they have limited income. We've met some that are disabilities, so there's very limited income as it is, and they cannot afford these places. So Longmont is kind of stuck in the middle from a geographic standpoint because Boulder and Fort Collins both have very strict RV uh, ordinance codes. Um, and Longmont is a natural, in a sense, gathering place geographically that people have come and be able to park and they, they are able to park for 48 hours and they have to move the RV. Mm-hmm. So basically it just comes a big circle track around, around the city. So the council is trying to uh, grapple with this right now. Do we create, do they create a stricter RV ordinance code and basically in a sense move people that are living in RVs out of the city. Um, and I've talked to a number of folks living in the city. They have jobs here. Um, you know, for some, this is circumstantial where they, they didn't choose this. But there is a larger majority that this is this is where they live and they they choose to, and so really the the ethical dilemma then becomes: do does the city enforce this ban and basically move everyone out that's living in their RVs, uh, or do we offer an alternative, uh, or do we do nothing and just say we don't, we don't want the the quote unquote nuisance on our street? There are some environmental concerns, um, and I agree with them. I mean, they they don't. Some folks don't dump uh, properly, yeah. and they dump yeah. on the streets. So we have environmental issues. 
the Longmont Police Department spends thousands of dollars a year. I think it's almost $50,000 this year they're going to spend on towing these things, dismantling them. Um, there's a cost to this. So uh, I, I've been talking with folks in city council about our safe lot concept, and this model is working in other mm -hmm. cities. But really the idea was this, is that if someone is in their RV because of circumstance, um, because that is all they had, they, they want to move to a better point in their life, I would really like to offer them an alternative. And it could be something as simple as a, as a gravel lot with a porta potty and give them a voucher to dump over at Boulder County Fairgrounds. Something as simple as that can really change things for them. Even with the current model, they constantly have to move. And, and we talk to code enforcement on a weekly basis about folks and, you know, we try to help them as much as we can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so really, you know, from a, from a city perspective is, you know, what's the right thing to do? do and there's other, like Lakewood just enacted a very strict ordinance about with RVs. And they pissed off both recreation owners and those living in their RVs. They pissed off everyone. <laughs> they said, get out. <laughs> so, you know, I guess there's no right answer to this. Someone's going to be upset in the long run. Uh, my hope is that the humanity of this follows through is that, you know, for very minimal investment, we, we can do a simple lot. And um, the city put out a quote of, uh, I think, two hundred fifty dollars to $300,000 to build these facilities and a dumping station, all this. We don't need that. And like they're already yeah. living on the streets, yeah. which yeah. is going to place the park and we can provide some basic resources in case management, get them to a place where that RV isn't um, as, you know, is needed to them anymore and get them to a place where they, they really want to be out of those RVs um, and trailers. We, um, I'm helping a family right now that's in a trailer. You know, they don't want to be, they really want to be in a home. Um, they don't deserve to be kicked out. In fact, they work here. Um, their kid goes to school in the same friend's school district. It's like, those are the kind of people that we'd be removing. So I think let's not throw everything out with this ordinance. There's so kind of an all, not an all or nothing kind of conclusion is what you're advocating for. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, there, there's some people that really need help. And I think that, you know, we have this caring mentality model in, in Longmont. It's a great model to have, uh, you know, in the RV debate, you know, there's valid, there's valid concerns on both sides of this. Uh, but I think we can come to a happy, a, a middle, where I think everyone would agree that those that's in an, that those that are in an RV that really want to be out of the situation, we we if we have the ability to help them, let's try to help them. Mm -hmm. um, and the ones that are in a sense you know, living in the RV can't you know in this sense lifetime campers out there, well there are unfortunately there is other other opportunities for them. Um, it, it may not be within their budget, but is a city street the best place for them? Probably not. Um, you know, and so you know. I, I have to, I struggle with that one too, because it's technically the most affordable housing you can get, <laughs> but you know, city street is probably not the best place for them to be. Um, they be, need to be in a place of, with better resources. So yeah, it is an interesting topic of debate in the last city council meeting. It ran late into the night or it was two weeks ago. You know, they're, everyone had a different opinion on council on this and rightfully so. Absolutely. It is, it, you know, to me, it's, it's a, just a true debate between, you know, are you draconian in your nature and you just say, we don't want anybody here and we become that community, you know, dare I say Lakewood or something like that, where they're just saying, nope, we're going to put a wall around everything metaphorically, of course. And, you know, we don't, we don't want anybody to come here and, or are we, you know, really compassionate and we help our neighbors and we are able to um, learn and grow and help people. And, um, you know, I, I think you, you are clearly the, um, 
you were just really this force and light really for, for really the compassionate side. And it's nice to have you as a representative um, of somebody who really cares in Longmont and cares for the population of homeless people and really wants them to succeed. And no matter what that level is for them, but um, yeah, it's always, it always seems to be a constant comment that I hear from people all the time. You know, it's this idea of like, Oh, we'll be overrun, so to speak. And I hate to use that word, but like overrun with people who are needy. And um, so I just really appreciate you taking time out and, and, you know, answering these questions. Again, there are really no easy answers. If I could put words in your mouth, it seems like. So I, I would just suggest that it seems like people need to care, you know, and, and need to get engaged and educated. And uh, you obviously have a website. You probably want to tell people about the HOPE website and anything else you want to add to. I don't mean to, to, to kick you off here, but I know you're a busy person. So we, we probably need to move you off into your day, but if anything else you want to add that I haven't asked you or ha asked you to comment on. And then of course, do provide that website too. Yeah, absolutely. So and I appreciate, I appreciate the dialogue and the conversation and, you know, anyone that has opposing views. I'm always happy to have a conversation with. I, I learned so much from people that have a different viewpoint than me. Uh, I, I happen to be blessed enough to to be out there in the community and talk to our most vulnerable friends and neighbors. And so I, I do have a different perspective. Uh, but I, I do enjoy hearing from the community too on, on what their concerns and fears are and in creating dialogue to to understand um, how we can how we can meet that. Yeah, and so yeah, I, I work for Hope Homeless Outreach. It's hopeforlongmont.org. And uh, you can see more about our programming here for the city of Longmont and uh, what we what we try to do and try to help those that that don't have a home. And that's really what we're about and um, creating a safe space for those um, to make it to a better, better space. Awesome, Joseph. Thanks so much again for joining us on this special episode of Side Dish. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Thanks a lot. That's great. Thank you.